0: to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here at notlg.com. I'm Taylor, and with me as he is every month when we wander back through the hazy halls of our memories growing up the Bay Area in the 80s and 90s, this time he is the sugary marshmallow peak to my X-Files fan video. It is my brother, Seb. Seb, how's it going?
1: uh uh i want to believe trust no one the truth is out there it's it's doing pretty good um i'm still alive still healthy how are you how are you how's the family uh
0: we're 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 good uh we are we are uh we are healthy um we i don't know man july's been a heck of a month Mm. you know every time i think man this world can't get any worse this world can't get any weirder You know, people can't do stupider things. They keep proving me wrong. So I've I, I just got to stop saying it.
2: It can and, always get worse. <laughs> yo,
0: boy, can it ever. And it sure seems to keep going oh, man. that route. Uh, yeah, did uh, July treat you halfway decently?
1: Um, I'm still employed. I still have a home. I mean, I, I kind of like look at my fellow Americans and how many of them have been laid off and they're sick and they're homeless. And I just, I got to take... I got to be happy with the small things in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, with I hear things, you. The essentials. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine.
0: I totally hear you. Yeah. We are. Um, Yeah. Still employed. We are uh, kind of reconfiguring parts of the house to get ready for the school year because yeah. uh, our schools out here at least are going to be starting remotely.
2: Sure.
0: Would not be surprised. Honestly, if we go through the whole, I'd almost say first half of the year
2: mm-hmm.
0: remotely, yeah. I would not be one bit surprised. Um, so yeah, a lot of kind of gearing up and ramping up for stuff, Right. but, um, all sorts of stuff going on around Mm -hmm. here. Just a busy evening in the house. Um, but I tell you what, let's take a look at what is going on in the news right now. Right. And something that is happening literally right now, as we record, as we speak, as we speak, which means that we, we are here and not there, um, is that Bruce Campbell and the remaining cast of uh, Briscoe County Jr. are doing a live table read of an episode uh, for fans, obviously, to to raise money and stuff. You know, it's, it's an event.
1: Uh, I can't tell you how exciting this is. I mean, Briscoe County Jr., kind of a funky a uh, cowboy steampunk TV show from the early 90s, mid-90s on Fox, I think. Yeah. Whole classic. You and I loved it.
0: Oh, I have the whole series on DVD.
1: It's the kind of thing that was beloved, but at the same time, it's surprising that there's any sort of... I wouldn't even call this a reboot, but it's still like some sort of reunion, you know? And just the fact that that's happening blows my mind.
0: Yeah, it's its not... I mean, there are some uh, shows... I think 30 Rock did one. I think, uh, um, oh, my gosh, was it The Office? There was some some other show got together to basically table read an episode for for charity or something. Right. Um, and so, yeah, Briscoe County was kind of a little niche. Oh, my God. um A lot of people obviously have great memories of it. Uh, but for them to get together and say, hey, we're going to do this, that's, yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, I hope to hear about it. Oh, yeah. um, I know it's probably not one of those things that they're going to keep around so people can just watch whenever. So uh, if if for some reason you tuned into that while we were recording this, shoot us a tweet. Let us know how it was.
1: And I thank you, sir, for telling me and informing me what a table read is. I <laughs> yes. mistakenly thought it meant that it was going to be a coffee table book. Uh, which would
0: have been cool, too. Here,
1: which would have been amazing as well. But um, I've learned something here today. So yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I obviously read a lot of entertainment news. I know people who are... In the industry down there, so yes, understanding what a table read is, I guess, suppose is a good thing. Um, so, tell us about this next bit of news.
1: Yes, Muppets now a new series has premiered on Disney Plus. It's a, an attempt to kind of go back to the sketch comedy roots of the Muppets and the vein or the, the 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 lineage of the Muppet Show. Okay. Um, uh, apparently, it is kind of interesting. They have a new actor who does the voice of Kermit the Frog. I believe the guy they hired to do Kermit's voice after um, after the, the the tragic loss of Jim Henson um, was fired a, like two or three years ago because he tried to unionize the uh, the Muppets. Actually, oh, so there's a lot of yeah. Apparently, there's a lot of internet backlash against um, his voice being so different. I guess I don't know, mm. but um, hey, I'm you know I'm definitely pro Muppet. I'm pro any Muppet content, so I think it's pretty exciting. I uh, hope it's pretty good. Um one of these days I'm gonna have to re-subscribe to Disney Plus and take a look and see how it is. So yeah, I'll you know. I'll have
0: to uh I'll have to check it out because we've got Disney Plus. Nice. Um, so yeah, I will I will definitely check that out. Um and and this next bit of news, man, I'm I'm very stoked about
2: mm-hmm.
0: um because we were massive, massive fans of the far side mm-hmm. back in the day. Um Gary Larson and the Far Side are back. And it's all digital. Amazing. Um, They have gone, not they. (laughs) What am I talking about? Um, Gary Larson and his creations. How about that? They. There you go. go. Um, Yeah. If you over at, um, uh, I think it's just Mm -hmm. thefarside.com. You know, he just had a long, long break and was like, you know what? Uh, I just, I wanted to come back to it and I wanted to bring it back. And so rather than. Going through, um, trying to get them back into the papers and stuff. It's like, I'm just going to go
1: online. That's awesome. You know, the night is darkest before the dawn. And if ever the world needed more Farsight, this is, I think, the time. So
0: Yeah, that is for sure. That wow. is for sure. And there's no, you know, no having to buy an entire newspaper to go buy it. You can just go check it out. and
1: Welcome to hell here. Welcome to Hell. Here's your accordion. <laughs> I oh, God a yes. fridge for years.
0: Yes, because Dad is such an accordion lover. right. Oh my gosh. Yes, excellent. Oh. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. Well, we did our episode on video games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: oh
0: God, very early on. Mm-hmm. it It was probably God what episode four? Four, yeah. at the most
1: right and it actually lasted about four or five hours it yeah. sure felt like it it was a huge episode it
0: yeah. sure felt like it well right. a new record has been set at auction for mm. a sealed you know mint in box mm. copy of super mario brothers from 1985 this this has a this has a 9.4 out of 10 rating okay. in terms of its like condition mm. And it has just set a record at auction for one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars.
1: That's sick. That's disgusting. I I am amazed. I I I wonder if it was that dentist. We talked about a dentist once that collected all of right.
0: Them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Wow. Um, but this is just yeah. This is this is crazy that um that it's getting this kind of money. Yeah. This is um, man. Hopefully, it doesn't drive the prices of like all just the old used cartridges up. I hope that it wouldn't, but who knows? Uh, I haven't I haven't hopped on to uh, eBay or something to
1: try to look for a couple of titles I don't talk about, have. Talk about being worth your weight in gold. I mean, that's probably even got to be multiples of your weight in gold, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that absolutely is the idea there. So. Um, I'm a little excited about this last piece of news. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet because you can me so busy, but tell me about it, my friend.
1: It's amazing. I had no idea about this until just a few days ago. Happy, happy, joy, joy, the Ren and Stimpy story. A trailer has dropped online for a documentary film soon to be released about the history of the wild Nickelodeon cartoon Ren and Stimpy, the groundbreaking cartoon, and the troubled mind that brought it to life. Um, It looks good. It looks controversial it looks um i mean there's just it, it looks very dramatic um lots of different logos up here during the trailer of different official film festivals it's been selected to play in okay and there's you know swelling dramatic orchestral music at points and it gave me goosebumps and i'm i'm there i'm sure it will be streamed in some form or fashion, and I will try to watch it because it looks really interesting. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting 30 years for this, I think. The, the true story behind Sounds it. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we talked about Ren and Sippy on our Nickelodeon episode, so I think it yeah. right in. So Yeah,
0: just a couple months ago.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: although you mentioned streaming, and that reminds me. It's worth mentioning, although oh. it, it's not enough to get a, um, a news article in here, I did see that Bill and Ted Face the yes. Music will be available, um, I guess, for those theaters that are open, but also to stream on September
1: first, right? Which is definitely the way I'm going for sure. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna want to see it. Um, will I watch it? Maybe that first weekend. I, I don't know, you know. But we will, uh, we'll see how it goes, and we will, you know, we'll give our thoughts.
1: Yeah, totally. I would love to hear what you think
0: about it. Most definitely. Well, this time on If Memory Serves, let's get to the main event. We are uh, truth-seeking and getting spooky because we are talking about the X-Files and our specific memories of something called BaxFag, which is the wow. Bay Area X-Files Encounter Group yep. that we belonged to back in
1: the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. The groundbreaking television show on Fox, beloved by millions, award-winning, um, groundbreaking uh, television entertainment. Um, really fascinating how the show kind of jumped up onto the American stage at at basically the same time that a lot of it, a lot of average Joes were getting onto the internet for the first time. So you get yes. this parallel track of the show and burgeoning. Uh, internet fandom and how they kind of interplayed with each other. Um, different groups sprung up around the country of fans, kind of organically and naturally, based on you know common interests uh, on the internet. You know, um, and we were right in the mix of it. Uh, we right?
0: absolutely were.
1: Yeah, and 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 we're going to talk a lot about tonight. You know, some of our favorite memories of the show, but especially some of our memories of this kind of early fa- internet fandom, basically. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty excited. I think this was a great inspired choice of a topic for tonight. It really got me excited. In fact, I probably watched a couple dozen episodes of, of The X-Files just this month just to nice. kind of, you know, revisit the topic. And it's been really exciting. So. That,
0: that's excellent. Yeah, those those early seasons, and in, in my opinion, all the stuff kind of leading up to the first movie. Right. So, like the first, I think five or six seasons, it was. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think were definitely some of the best. Um, you know, it was a big favorite of mine um, all throughout high school um, and and I, well into college. Uh-huh. Honestly, um, I you know, as if if my memory is correct, I think we, I don't think we caught it like right that very first week that it premiered, I think it was, it was like the second or third week um, that it was out. And then we caught up on um, the premiere on a rerun at some point, because we did end up taping like multiple, multiple seasons worth
2: mm.
0: of X-Files um, okay. on VHS, no less because that's the era we were in. Yeah. I When we got into those later seasons where kind of Mulder and Scully stepped away and those other folks kind of stepped in. I kind of, I kind of stepped away myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, this just isn't the same show. Right. Um, but when, when the show returned just a few years ago, um, I, I watched literally everything but the very last episode.
1: You haven't seen the last episode of season. I one? have.
0: Not, I have not seen the very last episode. Wow. Because, and I will be completely honest. Uh huh. I <clears throat> read a synopsis and a review uh-huh. of it, and it it sounds like it does such a disservice.
1: Oh, you don't want your heart to be broken.
0: That I was like, you know what?
1: Uh, I'm just I'm good. Interesting, interesting.
0: I'm good. I was I was kind of there were elements of of the return, as I'm calling it, these last two seasons, mini seasons, mm-hmm. um, that I I didn't really love. Mm. All that much. I mean, the again, the Monster of the Week stuff that they were doing was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the mythology now, I mean, in this day and age, it just it doesn't hold up the same way it did in the nineties. There was a magic in the nineties
1: mm-hmm.
0: about uh, yeah, you know, uh don't trust the government and oh they're they're hiding stuff at Area 51. And we've had almost almost three decades worth of being immersed in that ideology
1: well i think you're right i think the 90s were a time when conspiracy theories were um were they had there was an innocence about them i think these days you know we have a a conspiracy theorist in chief in the white house so yeah theories kind of are not as fun and lovable maybe um i definitely didn't i i watched season 10 I got to say that I, one of the things I enjoyed the most about it was I don't, I don't really drink, but if I ever did a drinking game, I would want to do a, whenever there was a Ford motor product placement uh, scene mm-hmm. in season 10, because it just, right. like every other scene, there was a glorious view of some sort of Ford SUV or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which I loved. Um, you know, going back to the beginning the X-Files, I can remember seeing um, the TV promo spot on Fox for that, mm-hmm. that pilot episode. And there was a, and this was, um, a famous scene when in the episode they're excavating the, the grave of a, a local boy and uh, named Ray Soames and his coffin breaks open and you can see a, a corpse inside that looks vaguely alien. And
0: oh yes. Yes. That,
1: yes. That one shot was the thing that sold me on. Okay. I need to, at some point, you know, watch this episode of this weird show. And I, that's what got me hooked really. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it was, and I've got to say upfront that, you know, doing the research for tonight's episode, I mean, big shout out to the the Internet Archives Wayback Machine in terms of capturing a lot of the websites based on this group that we participated in that still, you know, there's still this flicker of these websites out there on this web, on the the Wayback Machine that just kind of sparked a lot of memories, had a lot of photographs and weird stories. Um, I mean, here's the thing. The Bay Area X-Files Encounter Group was an organization. It wasn't an organization. It was a group of like-minded people in the San Francisco Bay Area who got together primarily in Mountain View on Friday nights when the show premiered, and we would get together and watch it. And, eat. you know, it was almost like a potluck kind of situation. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: do you have any sort of memory of how... I'm convinced the only reason I knew about them and went to them was I tagged along with you.
0: Uh, and that, that may be... But um... how did
1: you find out about these folks? Like, do well, you have any I
0: I was trying to remember. Okay. And so I, I'm i pretty certain, although I did reach out to um, a friend of ours, uh, Sandra, who was in BaxFeg with us. And I was like, hey, we're doing this episode. Um, and we're trying to remember how we heard about it. I like, and I was like, how did you hear about it? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and she was like, "I I think it might have, been on like a news group Mm. right do you remember news groups um not even internet 1.0 this is like internet 0.5 um and and then she's like no maybe it was on like a um like a star trek email list okay that she was on and then i went oh my god email lists i remember email lists yeah um but i was thinking because at that time we had AOL yeah, um, and AOL had its own message boards mm-hmm. um, and it's very possible that we heard about it on there. Okay, um, And I, I say AOL primarily because once we left AOL and got with a, uh, a local internet service provider,
1: West coast online.
0: Correct. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, which I definitely don't think is around anymore. <laughs> um, I made my username trust no one
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: at whatever it was, WCO.com or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I knew that I was already in the fandom by that point. So it, right. I'm, I'm pretty confident, at least for us, it was something either through a regular news group, you mm-hmm. know, like wh- whatever it would be, like files. Mm -hmm. or sci-fi or whatever um or some sort of aol message board right kind of thing um but yeah i mean this this was uh was really kind of our first foray into like really connected fandom like i'd had my own personal fandom for doctor who Uh for a really long time but I didn't have anyone to share it with yeah, exactly. I was the only one at school who was into it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, mom and dad took us to local sci-fi conventions like time con and stuff, which was, yeah, don't get me wrong, but there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was a, a community that I could participate with. It was more just a whole bunch of strangers in the, in the same auditorium listening to like, Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy talk or something.
0: Right. Exactly. I, you weren't going to time con with, friends you were going with family you know i didn't know anybody there
2: right um
0: it was just i'm here and i'm taking this all in Baxfag, the x files aol the early internet it was this ability to just connect with other people who are like i really love this thing and you're like i love this thing too okay let's talk about it right you know
1: and and you know there's a one of the uh late 90s uh, Backstage websites I found I think it was actually written by you It's almost like a, a FAQ sort of And just for the record There's a couple of really great things That you wrote actually Oh, thank uh, you You said some things that uh, Talked about how the group was founded By a gal from Mountain View named Polly mm-hmm. uh, Who I think I last saw like, in 2002 She was playing a flute At your like wedding ceremony or something Yes,
0: yeah, she did She actually she played it she played, she played at her wedding
1: Yeah, and it talks about um, She kind of started the group and over time, it grew to nearly 20 people. And it says, what kind of people attend? We welcome anyone who wants to join, but our members range anywhere from 16 to nearly 40. The split is nearly 50-50 men and women, and their occupations range anywhere from student to the computer industry to even an accomplished flautist, Polly. Uh, they live anywhere as far south as Watsonville to San Francisco, San Ramon, Livermore, with mm-hmm. the majority are in the San Jose Mountain View area. And then you also talk about uh, are there any do's or anything like that? You say, nope. But every meeting is a potluck. Most people bring snack nasties like M&M's, cookies, chips, salsa. And then there's our very favorite, marshmallow peeps. Yes. Good things to bring are sodas, and some people have brought sushi. Uh, I don't think we have a, had a salad yet, but it's not out of the question. Be inventive. Somebody once made chocolate molders and candied scullies. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about marshmallow peeps, but... That was almost like the unofficial mascot of our organization. Very much so. And I I seem to recall like me eating marshmallow peeps on a dare at a backside meeting, like with either salsa or mustard or something like that.
0: There was, yeah, there was, and this is probably like the maybe the most legendary story we tell about the group uh, tonight. But yeah, marshmallow peeps. You know, it it was Easter at one point peeps are easy to find they're cheap you know it becomes one of those things you bring you're like oh god peeps you know and everybody has some sort of memory of them relation to them whatever and it would be one of those things where of course you got a bunch of nerdy people hanging out it's like oh well you know you stick a stick a toothpick in a, in a peep or stick a couple of them on a plate with toothpicks in them and you start the microwave it's like peep jousting because they slowly inflate toward each other and <laughs> you then know- and it became one of those things it became one of those things where like I don't I don't remember us being like, you know, drinkers or anything, mm-hmm. but we get that kind of thing where the group together after a few hours of just hanging out and snacking and and watching X Files and stuff, you know, the the conversation just starts going in weird directions and it became one of those things where it was like, um, you know, you, you would start almost torturing the peeps you know you'd sit there with a lighter and you'd you'd, you'd char one up oh. you'd basically like roast marshmallows they oh i dare you to eat this charred peep
1: that's right one of the backspace <laughs> websites that's been preserved on the wayback machine it's like there's a handful of backspace photos and then like a million photos of peeps being burnt yes <laughs> you know, like people sending them on fire or yes something, you know
0: yeah we would absolutely do that and there there was a time i want to say it was for a season premiere or a season finale And it was one of those things where it was just like we just went all out with potluck items and it became one of those things, you know, peeps were there. Like people were keeping stockpiles of peeps so they could bring peeps in non Easter seasons.
2: Uh Um,
0: And it was like, oh, I dare you to eat a peep with some salsa on it. Right. I do eat a peep with some hot sauce on it, or mustard, or whatever. And I remember you trying a peep with some salsa on
1: it. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. Yeah, that was pretty exciting.
0: I tried I tried some charred peep. I remember okay. doing that, and it was nasty
1: as. Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm so, um, it, it it's such a shame that I I was unable to find any sort of um, record of um, the um, email chains. I'm sure our group must have sent around to each other. During this time period you know what i mean oh yeah that would that would have been amazing i I mean i I will go on the record and confess publicly here on tonight's show that i actually do there is at least one usenet group that i've been participating in since like 95 and i still post on it 25 years later oh my god how how is usenet still
0: around
1: it's i think it's it got bought by google it's like it's, like, uh, part of Google. Or something. Are
0: you kidding me? Holy smokes.
1: True story. So I'm still keeping the flame alive, at least, in some of my... Man,
0: between, between that and your, your flip phone.
1: Right, yes, I know, exactly. I'm, and my 1999 Saturn. Yeah, I'm good to go. Yeah. Quick, yeah. <laughs> That's right.
0: You yeah. are keeping it old school.
1: But, you know, I mean, there some of the folks that were in the group, Polly, Jordan, Sandra, Joanne, Charles, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you keep... I, I'll be honest, I didn't, like do any sort of internet stalking for tonight's episode, but do you keep in touch with any of these folks? Or uh, I, I guess really just Sandra. Sandra, yeah. Yeah,
0: we're, we're Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she and her wife are, I want to say up in Oregon. I don't think, maybe they moved back to New York. I don't remember now. Okay. Um, um, yeah, we were in touch with uh, Polly for a while. Um, like, you know, obviously she performed at our wedding, but, you know, lost touch after that um and then yeah you <laughs> me yes well thank you you know thank um you. and i know i know your friend dave from high school mm-hmm. do you was was going for a while
1: do you I, I seem to remember and i don't know if this was part of backstay or just part of general x-files fandom but i remember lots of things like um homemade vhs tapes with scenes from the x-files with like like youtube music over it to make like yeah. music videos or something yeah. remember yeah. that.
0: So, oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in, tell me in, something about this, yeah. Absolutely. In, in the pre-YouTube age, um, I don't remember. I, th- I wanted to say Polly and Jordan did it uh, okay. primarily, but may- maybe um, maybe there were other people in the group who did it too, um, like Sarah and Charles or somebody. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they would, they would go through the effort of, and you'd have to use two VCRs to do this, um, is to literally take scenes from episodes and cut them to music right um like um i remember uh depeche mode's policy of truth Mm -hmm. there you go one of them um and and it was a really really good one too that's why that's why it sticks out of my memory it's such a perfect one
1: you still Uh, have these tapes no oh i don't
0: they were never mine to begin with so Okay.
1: okay
0: um i mean maybe maybe out on youtube somewhere i don't know but um you know it was it was one of those things where you know people would just make them in their spare time
2: Uh and
0: you know oh you know we'd get together at i don't know seven or something and the episode's not until eight or nine you know we'd get together and hang out and we'd we'd watch these fan videos um or the whole tape exchange thing going on back in the day is that you know you might be like oh my god we've got such a treat tonight. I managed to get my hands on a fifth generation copy of the Blooper Reel. Oh,
1: right, the yeah, outtakes or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or whatever.
0: And and it would we'd be we'd be losing our minds because you wouldn't seeing bloopers was very uncommon back then. It's not like it was a DVD bonus extra cuz yeah. you didn't have the DVDs. Right. Yep. Um and it's certainly not something you could fit on a VHS when something was commercially released. Um, so that was a huge deal for us. Even if it was like a copy of a copy of a copy, um, that was massive. Now, the bloopers you can still find, like you can still find those on YouTube and stuff like like the season one bloopers. I will never forget Jillian Anderson flubbing, you know, in the rain, in the quote unquote rain, um, trying to say Teresa Nemens body over and over and over, over and, over again, yeah. and it, it is just one of those things that just sticks in my mind but yeah stuff like that
1: um but it's almost like today we're we have an embarrassment of riches i mean the fact that it was like in the 90s it was this like weird tape that somebody somehow got a hold of made it a little bit more special because it was that much more harder to find in a way
0: oh absolutely
1: you know? um
0: absolutely
1: do you remember any sort of x-files were you into fan fiction did you read it did you write it you- uh
0: yes Yes, I was
1: Why do you why do you, yes, why do you say did. that with, Why why you good, Why Why do you what, okay um you really ashamed I, of I,
0: I know I know it's nothing to be ashamed of and there is some amazing fan fiction out there um in in all genres um and I have some friends who write some amazing fan fiction for like Doctor Who okay. um and, and and other properties um I um I look back on my writing style as a late teen early 20s uh-huh um, about the same way that I look back on my high school level poetry.
1: Oh, no. Do you, are you embarrassed by it?
0: Um, well, in so much as it's definitely not something I would write today okay. uh, if, I, if I had the urge to write. Um, I, it, it feels a little simplistic and a little trashy.
2: Okay. Um,
0: and, and safe to say I, I wrote um, stories, let's just say, of various ratings. Okay. Okay. Um, I wrote some of the smutty stuff too. I'll, I'll there. I'll set I said it. <clears throat> um, but do you remember
1: any of the titles?
0: No, I don't
1: oh, actually. Oh, 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 I
0: I don't I don't think any of it uh, still exists oh, anywhere. Okay. Okay, uh, right. I certainly don't have copies of it no, uh, no. because all of that stuff. If if I had it backed up on you know memory of something, it would be you know a th- three and a half inch floppy.
1: You'd have to get the FBI to recover it or something. I'm not sure I'd want the FBI
0: recovering any any files that old. Good God, no. Um, But yes, I did did write it. I did read it. Um, There was a time in my youth where I very much – I was determined to write a book someday. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I have spent so much time being a technical writer
2: Mm.
0: now where – you know, you can't go through a document calling an item by three or four different names
2: mm-hmm.
0: that um, I, I don't, I, I would have, to, I would have to work very hard to get my mind to be able to write
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, descriptively. Right. Like really descriptively. I can tell a story descriptively. That's one
1: thing. It's it's weird because x file stand fiction was so, prolific but again with the internet archives Wayback machine i found a 1990s era x-files fan fiction group that actually had x-files fan fiction that incorporated the marshmallow peeps we talked about earlier when,
0: and this this blew my mind
1: this blew my mind too because it i was, had no idea it it, it it made me doubt myself because i was like well maybe marshmallow peeps was something in the show that other fans picked up on or something but what are the odds that two weird random x-file fan groups would be into this, you know, easter candy or something.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. And I almost would want to kind of like look at the history of peeps. Right. Like like did it just happen to hit like a like a a big surge in popularity at that time? Was it just more on everybody's radar at the same time that we were all getting into the X-Files?
1: I have no idea. Was it co-owned by like the Fox corporation or yeah. what? <laughs> I don't think so, but that, that's a fair question. I have this tiny fan fiction story I have to tell. And if you want to edit this out, please do because it's really off topic. No, keep-
0: as well as I am, I am not
1: going to do that. Okay. So when I was at graduate school at Oxford, uh huh. My, one of my housemates was a gal from, like, Missouri or something like that. Real nice okay. gal. And she had she told me a story. She had an aunt or an aunt, whatever, uh, back in the States who wrote fan fiction. And it was um, homoerotic, same-sex, triple-X fan fiction based on a TV show that I used to watch in the early 90s on the family channel called Border Town.
0: Oh, gosh, border town. It was
1: an old west town on the Canadian-U.S. border. And one half of the town, there was the curmudgeony U.S. marshal. And the other half of the town was the prim and proper um, Canadian Mountie. Yes. And, like, I can't tell you how excited I was by this story that my housemate was telling me. Because just the thought that somebody out there loved this random throwaway tv shows so much to write triple x fan fiction about it like i would like literally see her like in the hallway of our little house in england and i'd be like hey can you get me can you hook me up with some of this fan fiction and it's like i just wouldn't let it drop and i never got any of it and i'm it's out there somewhere on the internet i'm sure but it's just it's one of the only things i remember from graduate school it's just yeah
0: crazy. i you know man rule 34 of the internet if, if you can
1: imagine it it it's out there oh and speaking of which my Diploma from Oxford University. I have it framed and hanging next to my dirty laundry hamper.
0: <laughs> Always a good place for it.
1: Kudos to the crew of the X Files. Fox Mulder himself is also an an Oxford grad. Okay. There's a couple episodes where you can see his diploma, and it's it's a dead ringer. They really did their homework on it because it looks like oh, nice. Like what I see every time I do my do the dirt like the. do your laundry Uh, yeah exactly
0: i i thought for some reason you were going to say that that framed on the other side of of your diploma was some uh uh smutty borderlands fic
1: oh if it was i'd flip that around for sure dude (laughs) oh
0: Oh, that's funny yeah dude it's man there's i i would have to search because i feel like i had like stories up at like whatever it was fanfic.net or whatever it was back in the day Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. because
0: there there was there was some there was a site or two back in the day i think and and you could like any show any property you could think of whether it be books or movies or tv shows or whatever it was all categorized it was just extensive it was massive um that stuff might have been up there i don't know if that site is even
1: around well talking again about old websites We've talked about the Wayback Machine tonight. It turns out there's actually one BaxFeg website that actually is still technically live on tripod.com. I'm amazed that
0: tripod.com is still around.
1: It's so amazing because it has the little old school internet website, last updated thing at the bottom, October 28th, 1999, as the last update. Wow. Entry, which just makes me so happy on some level, you know, that this little website's still floating out there doing its thing, you know?
0: Yeah, fanfiction.net is still around. I'll have to look into that later.
1: It's it's, um, it's interesting because my passion for the Exiles it burned really bright and really fast. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm watching this thing '93, you know, when it first started or whatever. And I think by October '96, if my research is correct, they started premiering the episodes. The premieres moved from Friday nights to Sunday nights, and then. I moved away to college in the fall of '97, mm-hmm. so like it's weird to this day. I've probably seen less than half of all X Files like TV shows and whatnot, you know. Um, but it's interesting because I did find another thing on the Wayback Machine. Actually, no, on on an old Usenet news group, you actually had a grassroots effort to try to marshal the people of the internet to prevent the show to contact Fox and prevent the show from moving from Friday nights to Sunday nights. Yeah. And that blew my mind. That was just, because that's the thing about the show. I mean, there were characters and storylines, I think, like, for instance, the Lone Gunman or Eugene Victor Toombs, the famous liver eater. There were, there were fan reactions to the show that had such enthusiasm that the creators of the show would bring characters back or bring stories back. You know, there was that kind of symbiosis, symbiosis you know what I yeah. mean?
0: No, absolutely.
1: It's so, it's so ubiquitous today, but it was so groundbreaking at the time. You know what I mean?
0: It really was. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, that was just, that was just a sign of, of the power of fandom Mm -hmm. at that time is, is that, you know, um, I, I think just like in Baxfeg, just chit chatting and stuff, like we, we kind of recognize that Friday is really a primetime night for it. Sunday night. Oh, people are getting ready to go back to work on Monday, go back to school on Monday. It was not, you don't put your best shows on Sunday night. Right. Right. You know, you put your best shows on like Friday night, maybe Saturday night. Yeah. It's just- um, and so, you know, we, I know we all felt very strongly. We're like, the show is great. We don't want it to go away. We don't want it to suffer in ratings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was kind of amazing. Cause I, I read back through that Um, and I'm honestly, I, I feel like I got to give myself credit for just how like professional I sound, (laughs) you know, it's like, here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. I'll even offer to forward stuff to you. If you can't do this and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Be, be respectful and be polite and say, Hey, look, this is, this is what we want. This is how strongly we feel about this, that, and the other
1: thing. And I was like, Wow. Like, here's the the address. Let's do a letter-writing campaign. Totally. Exactly.
0: I mean, nowadays, we would just get on Twitter and shout.
1: Right, right. Exactly. Oh, so good. I don't know. That just made me so happy. Um, Probably my happiest Backstage memory was actually a field trip that some of us took on July 23rd, 1995 to an X-Files convention in the city of Sacramento, which I, at the time, I never realized I'd end up moving to. Um, I'm actually really close to getting to a point where I will have spent one third of my lifespan in Sacramento, which is kind
2: mm-hmm. of
1: um, uh, uh, full disclosure. I did eat a Whopper at a Burger King uh, on that trip and threw up on the sidewalk of Sacramento. So, oh,
0: I think I remember hearing that story.
1: Uh, but it was it was really fun because there was actually <clears throat> this um, process. What happened was um, there were a number of cities that year that were selected as official convention sites because of high TV ratings for the X Files. Mm-hmm. In response to the amount of mail each city generated in response to a convention ad that ran during a Fox special on The X Files in May of '95, there was a 15-second ad that prompted more than 10,000 cards and letters, um, which gave organizers the zip codes they needed to target specific cities. Um, and it was so cool because they had um, they had special guest stars. They had Mitch Pileggi, the actor who played um, F- FBI Assistant Director Skinner. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Braidwood, who I believe was an assistant director on the show, but he also is more well-known as one of the lone gunmen, uh, frohickey Yes. Um, Doug Hutchinson's who played Tombs, you know, the liver eater. Yep. Um, totally exciting. I it, I had some great photos. They had this whole exhibition hall where they had, like, props from the show from different episodes and stuff like that. And it was just all around just a really fun time. Um, and I think right around the same time, you, you went to your own Exiles convention to fight.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Um, my first wife and I um went to a fan run uh X-Files convention in Las Vegas. And I believe that was the middle of July about 1995. Okay. Um and the funny thing is is I literally I have certain memories from this event. Um like I can remember driving to las vegas okay in july because we drove overnight because it was so hot and i remember in this little nissan Sentra Mm -hmm. that she owned um in literally like the middle of the desert Mm -hmm. um just going okay i wonder how fast this thing can go (laughs) (laughs) getting to about 110 and being like okay that's good i'm good did you go through rachel uh no Oh no no okay. no 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 no! We would have had to have gone over Yosemite,
2: uh,
0: um, and through part of Nevada. This was no. This was down Interstate Five, right? The quick way, whatever ten or fifteen it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Through
0: like Barstow and all that. Um, so I remember driving out there. I have no recollection of where we stayed okay. in Vegas or anything like that. Um, I believe it was. I want to say it was at. The flamingo? Okay. Um there, they're literally I I started doing research, like just trying to find any recollection of what this is because I couldn't quite remember mm. who all was there. Um I know it was the other two lone gunmen. So okay. not frohickey. So it was um um
1: the guy in the suit and the guy with long hair.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, God help me, I'm
1: tired. We're old. <laughs>
0: We're old. That's exactly right. Um, one of the producers, which is Paul Rabwin. Oh, okay. Um, I believe William Davis, who played cigarette smoking man,
2: mm-hmm.
0: was there. Um, I remember taking pictures. Like mm-hmm. the memories in my head are like faded versions of these pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe when my first wife and I split, she kept them. Oh. Uh, I don't. I don't have them okay. anywhere. And I've been through like all my collectible type stuff. Mm. Um, But one thing that we did start doing, and I'm pretty sure that we started doing uh, at this convention was we, we got a, um, an X files comic. Okay. When we would meet people from the show, we would have them sign it. Okay. Um, And it is one of those things that I really wish I had kind of pushed to keep Mm. uh, when we split uh-huh. Um, because I think that would be a really awesome thing to have right now, because we would occasionally send it off with friends who were going to conventions. Oh, I see. To get people to sign it.
2: Right. Uh, and it had a bunch of signatures. Oh, wow. Uh,
0: and, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that's one of those things that's long gone. Now, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, in that research about this X-Files uh, fan convention we went to in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, there was someone there um who uh, went by the handle Mac Wombat. Okay. Right. Totally sticks out. Um, who had interviewed one of the lone gunmen for something, probably like an online form or something. Mm-hmm. And I went, man, I recognize that handle. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that from back in the day.
2: Mm.
0: So I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just, let's just search. See if he's out there. Sur- sure enough. Over 30 years later, this lady is still using the same handle. She's
1: like,
0: no oh, my gosh. And stuff, And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm at least going to send her a message and say, hey, look, yeah. sorry to bug you, but I'm doing this research, and I know yeah. you were here. Can you give me any details about it? Because I'm, I'm having trouble remembering yeah. who all was there, there's not a lot of information out there. And unfortunately, I
1: never heard back from her.
0: Oh, no way. Um, yeah, I'm a, I just watch. I'll get something tomorrow.
1: Like great, great.
0: Post-recording. Oh, my gosh. Um, but that was, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not using the same, like, username I was using 30 <laughs> odd years ago. So anybody out there who is still using the uh, the handle you went by decades ago, my hats are off to yeah, you.
1: Yeah, we sleep. That's leave, pretty impressive. Got a, got a quick question for you. If you could yes. ask any X-Files screen use prop,
2: Ooh. what
1: would you want to own? And if you want to think about it, I can give you my answer while you think about it for a second. You
0: know what? Why don't you do that?
1: Because I have to think about that for a minute. There was a season one episode called the Jersey Devil where and Scully go searching in Jersey for the Jersey Devil, which is sort of almost almost kind of portrayed as like a wild man or a Bigfoot type figure. And there's a portion in the film when they're at Atlantic City, which looks remarkably like British Columbia. Don't ask me why.
0: It, it's weird how so much of the world looks like the forests of Vancouver. I don't know
1: did British, what it is. Did British Columbia have some sort of weird filming like tax credit that just made yes. it so much better to film there, or something like they that?
0: Absolutely did.
1: Okay, just just keep, okay. Just for the record, I was wondering about that. Yep. So there's this one scene where Mulder is. Uh, in this homeless encampment, and this homeless man who had seen this bigfoot sells him a drawing of the bigfoot, basically. And yes. the Drawing is basically like a stick figure. Like, oh,
0: God, yes, I remember. Like, it doesn't
1: even look like a bigfoot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could, if I could own that, my life would be
0: completely. That, that man, that is pretty epic. I mean, I mean I, that's better than anything that I could come up with. Because clearly, I think I, I think you've had some time to think about this.
1: I mean, at least if I could get it on a T-shirt, I guess. I don't know.
0: Oh, that would be cool too. I wonder if if you could get a, a screen cap well enough. Like, I could sit there in, in Adobe
1: Illustrator and kind of
0: trace over it.
1: You know, I joined a, a Facebook group for a guy who's like a X-Files super fan slash super prop collector.
2: Oh, okay. He's,
1: he's so he's such a big prop collector that like. Chris Carter just gives him props that are very <laughs> iconic but need, like, a lot of restoration. And he takes them to, like, conventions and displays them and stuff like wow. that. Wow.
0: You, you need to send me the dude's link because I'd oh, love to
1: see it. it's amazing. But you know what? There were so many of those great Season 1 episodes. There was this one I remember especially watching with the Baxfey group. Um, season 1, Episode 20, Darkness Falls. It's this okay. one where um, these loggers go missing and there are these green bugs that end up killing people. When oh I think it's dark.
0: Yeah, you know? vague recollection of that. Yeah.
1: Such a good one. There's one episode that people totally crap on today, but I just love it. Um season one, episode nine, it's called Space. It's this one where this there's this guy, and he's like the guy that runs the mission control for the space shuttle.
0: Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Is this Colonel Marcus Aurelius Belt?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, God. But,
0: this episode, yes. I, he, I know why people crap on he, this episode. He's,
1: he's, I mean, he's sort of the villain, but you actually find out that it's not really him, but he's been possessed by that face that was on Mars. Yes. Like... I have the big I'm the biggest homer for that episode. I have such a soft spot in my heart because it's just so corny and so over the top
0: it um, the simple fact that they name a kernel after like a literal like asteroid belt mm-hmm. in it, like they don't even try to change it they don't make it mark it's still Marcus it's Marcus Aurelius belt I'm like you can look on an <laughs> astral map and see the Marcus Aurelius belt.
1: Like they didn't even try to change it. There was one episode called Host, which is famous because it's basically, and you know, I, I think most people listening might know this already, but there were essentially two, for the most part at the beginning, two types of episodes of the X-Files. There were the standalone episodes, the monster of the week, where they would investigate some sort of creature. Yeah. And then the episodes that kind of furthered the overarching conspiracy storyline of governments and aliens and whatnot. It's, it's interesting because when I was a kid, I loved the the myth arc episodes and the monster of the week episodes. I, I hated them because I felt that they were just delaying me learning about more of the alien mythology. Mm-hmm. And now it's the absolute reverse because I, I, I don't quite, even to this day, I like I'll go on Wikipedia and try to read like, okay, who was cancer man? What was the big secret? And it's like, I'll read it and I'll read all the spoilers and it's still barely, I can barely wrap my head around it, you know? Yeah. But, um, I mean, uh, really quickly, I just want to throw out some of my um, the, some of the things I jotted down. I think I think my all time favorite, and I want to know if you have any answers to these questions too. My, my all time favorite episode, if I had to pick one, um, season one, episode two, Deep Throat. It's the one where Mulder, with the help of a stoner played by Seth Green, sneaks into yes. like base to like look at a spaceship. You know, yep. total yep. classic episode. Love it. Yeah, that's a great one. Um. I got to say that I had a huge soft spot in my heart for a lot of the minor, almost throwaway characters that would show up. There was one guy called Max Fennig. Oh, yeah. Appeared in an episode called Fallen Angel. He was kind of like um, a member of a UFO research organization. He was almost like if Fox Mulder never became an FBI agent. He would just still go around the country trying to research this stuff, and he lived out of an Airstream travel trailer kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally loved that guy. Um, there was a there was a killer in one episode called Luther Lee Boggs. The episode was called uh, On the Sea.
0: Yes, that's got to be one of my favorites. I'd say.
1: Oh, just, just a great one. The performance is just off the walls. It's so good, you know. What I mean? mm-hmm. Um, 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 let's see what else do I have here. Um, there was a episode called Host with a monster called the Fluke Man.
0: Oh um, yes, Fluke Man.
1: Which you know, before tonight's episode, I talked to mom and I'm like, okay, what do you remember the X Files? And she only had two things really. One was that the Fluke Man, who in that episode at one point lived inside a portable potty, um, mm-hmm. portable toilet. Um, it was basically whenever we used to do Civil War reenacting, there were always jokes going around because we everybody pretty much used porta potties at the the reenactments, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, love it because the guy was actually played by a fellow who. Dan, darren morgan who went on to write some of the the most renowned episodes of the show i mean humbug i think that's one of your favorites right um,
0: humbug is definitely one of my favorites yeah. absolutely
1: right um he wrote an episode called clyde Bruckman, what won tons yes. of pennies clyde,
0: clyde Bruckman's final repose
1: right jose chung from outer space guest starring mm. alex trebek and charles nelson riley i mean yes i mean just i mean some of the guest stars on the show just amazing i mean you had, there was one episode where Burt Reynolds played God. There was one episode <laughs> where Jodie Foster guest starred, but as the voice of a man's tattoo, <laughs> you know? I mean, it was just like, there was one episode where Luke Wilson played, it, there was an episode called Bad Blood. Luke Wilson played a vampire sheriff in Texas. Yeah. And was, oh, just, it was just perfect. Um, I mean, the Lone Gunmen. I mean, you don't even, we, what can we say about them? They're just so cool. Um, It, it was just such a, the show just captured something there was just something about the time i mean it was almost like 20 years of u.s history and mythology you know watergate stories about roswell area 51 majestic 12 it was everything was pointing towards the x-files and the genius of chris carter that basically brought it to life
0: yeah it, it really was and there's no there's no denying the fact that You know, stuff that we've talked about before, like, um, you know, Art Bell just, you know, dominating the overnight airways at this point in history. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, You know, Bob Lazar coming out in the late 80s, talking about, you know, allegedly working at S4 on recovered craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether that's true, whether that's not, it, it literally all adds to this mythology, just even just the resurgence of um interest in the roswell case
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know when 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 roswell happened it oh okay it happened it moved on but there really wasn't people obsessively talking about it again until the late 70s
1: and i'll tell you i mean in the past three four five weeks i've been watching on youtube a whole heck of a lot of digitized VHS tapes from the late 80s, early 90s, you know, the crappy, like, 1995 alien conspiracy Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe in UFOs, but I definitely think that after having worked for the government now, I and seeing some of the dysfunction on the inside, it's harder for me to believe in overarching government conspiracies or the ability (laughs) of government to do anything. But I will say a couple interesting things. Well, I hope they're interesting. One thing is there's a lot of these tapes from the 80s and 90s that all had this one thing in common, which was that they talked about how a lot of these quote-unquote insiders talked about how disclosure was something that wasn't going to happen until a specific year, 2025. Mm -hmm. So just a couple of years away, you know, not to, not to know if it'll, you know, I guess we'll find out if it actually is true or not, but um, it's, it's interesting because one of the things I was, I was really surprised by was the, the show's creator, Chris Carter, apparently in the eighties, he kind of got to start um, uh, working on surfing magazines. And yes. You, were you ever, this is true. Were you ever like familiar with him, his name or his work before the x showed up? Or, no, I wasn't uh, actually. Okay. Um,
0: I granted when I would um, get surf magazines and stuff I wasn't exactly pouring over the uh, list of editor-in-chief or writers
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: I was reading articles and I was looking at pictures I wasn't really concerned with the names and the personalities behind who was doing that work
2: right
0: um, not to say they weren't doing great work and they didn't deserve the credit they absolutely did but i was i was literally a preteen being like i want to read these things i want to look at these pictures i want to you know daydream about doing this Mm -hmm. um but yeah he absolutely was he was he was i think at least an editor at um i can't remember if it was surfing or surfer but Mm -hmm. yeah he was and that's just um i think i think to this day he still surfs which Mm -hmm. is
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know just cool not not another little you know connection there
1: right one thing i remember from the 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 fandom there were lots of something called testosterone brigades and estrogen brigades oh my
0: god like the code words
1: for saying people who had a crush on you know david de or jillian anderson yes
0: oh lord i'd forgotten about those i
1: think it's fair to say we were both charter members of Uh, jillian anderson testosterone brigades oh i i
0: I would i would i would say that is that is that is a flag i would still
1: carry today and you know what i i mean i mean you know incredibly talented actress and everything but i i'm shocked about how much i really kind of dropped the ball i I saw online that in like 96 she was a host of a tv show called future fantastic which was almost like 1996 version of In Search Of and I'm like where was I I would have watched the heck out of that you know That would have been amazing um,
0: Yeah and and didn't you You came across like a link For an episode
1: of that right Yeah it was some weird thing that she Did she started this thing which was like Almost like a how to video or like how to use the Internet or something <laughs> like that which is Just it was it's hilarious But at the same time it's just so weird You know but oh my gosh she She's just a great. I mean, she just seems like a really fun human being. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I can't. I can't remember if you have Netflix or not.
1: Uh, not now, but I. I do occasionally sometimes. Okay, What's so,
0: that? well, she is. Um, she's in a series. Um, on Netflix called Sex Education.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and she plays um a sex therapist. Okay. Interesting. Um. Uh, who lives with her son. Um, she's She's British in the show, so it's a little weird looking at Gillian Anderson with a British accent and blonde hair mm. um, because you know she's just the, the quintessential redhead for mm-hmm. us. Um, uh, but it's it's a very funny series.
1: You know, I'm actually intrigued. I heard that she's about to play um, uh, former British Prime Minister, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Really? On that uh, there's a TV show called The Crown. I guess. Yes,
0: I've heard of the Crown.
1: Never really had an interest in watching it, but I would I would love to see what a Jillian Anderson, Margaret Thatcher is like. Oh wow,
0: that would be yeah, that'd be pretty wild.
1: You know, it's crazy though because they're how do I say this? They were such a great on-screen pairing. Yes, and whenever I mean, I know that okay, early on in the show, she, you know, Jillian Anderson got pregnant, so they had to write her out of a couple episodes because she had to give you know have her kid, and then later on, you know, David Duchovny's like not on the show all the time because he's getting involved in other projects. But like anytime that they were not in the same episode together and there was somebody else there, mm-hmm. Alex Krychek or whatever, or the you know the liquid metal guy from Terminator 2. Like, yeah. I would just get angry. I would just be like, you know, this is there's something not right about this. You know? <laughs> it just and it's so funny because it's like, I don't know. I mean I, I hate to always go back to Moonlighting, but I mean if you look at Moonlighting, I mean, that show was so great, but then a lot of people feel when Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd's characters got together in the bedroom. Yeah. After that point the show wasn't the same. Yeah. But like, it's almost like the people in X Files or Chris Carter or whatever, it's like they, they decided, okay, we're gonna keep them we're gonna keep like Mulder and Scully apart as much as possible. I think mm-hmm. I read that the first time that they kissed on screen was in see, like season six. And even then it was like an alternate universe in the Bermuda Triangle, so it really wasn't like, a legitimate kiss or something like that, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, they, they. it's like, I feel like there must have been some sort of, like, crown rule. It's like, okay, you know, let's not get these people in the sack and, like, ruin it or whatever. You
0: know? Well, I, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, I mean, one, I think it's, it, it's easy to learn that lesson from Moonlighting.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You
0: know, if you get that sexual tension going between your two characters, um, but then look at the X-Files, you've also got the benefit of getting near instant feedback from the internet right right so the, and and it's well known that they were paying attention to the internet they were paying attention to what people were saying and so you can see that these people are like oh my god they are so perfect for each other they should totally get together but you know the moonlighting role yeah you know it becomes okay we we need to keep this tension up because it's keeping people watching people love it but we can't we can't pay it off yet.
1: Can't pay it off, you know. But it, but it's almost like, it's so great because there was almost like like a Johnny Appleseed component to the fandom. Like, I read this thing in the show notes about how you would, you like actually loan tapes of the show to your high school English teacher.
0: Yeah. Oh, I totally did. I totally got Mr. Alessandri hooked on watching the X-Files. That's awesome. By loaning him tapes. Yeah, you know, and and that was one of the great things about about it. just having him as a teacher, honestly, is that you know, obviously he taught science fiction. He's into science fiction,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and was always approachable in that sense of like, you know, you just chit chat with the guy and be like, dude, have you have you seen the X Files? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and, and for whatever reason he had, it's like, okay, look, I got you know, here's the first whatever four episodes on tape or whatever would fit on a tape back in the day,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
0: I'll mm-hmm. loan it to you. Give it a try. Let me know what you think.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
0: was hooked. So it was like every few days, you know, I'd come into class and be like, all right, here's this tape. And he's like, all right, there's the other one. Pick it up. Stick it back in my backpack. And it was just this thing, you know?
2: <laughs> he'd go awesome.
0: home and he'd burn through a few episodes. and He'd be like, all right, hey, you know, uh, 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 bring the next tape tomorrow or whatever. And I'll, right, I'll right. bring it back. And it was just, yeah, it was one of those
1: things. Do you have like... um a favorite episode a favorite minor character a favorite guest star a favorite anything oh my gosh it, it's, to, to it
0: really it really really is tough to pick um i I definitely think that humbug is one of my favorites mm-hmm. just in terms of like say monster in the monster of the week
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. um uh, uh, tombs
2: mm-hmm.
0: Eugene Victor tombs is is amazing mm-hmm. just his, his ability to be that kind of like so calm it's scary for a while mm-hmm. kind of characters um obviously i love the Lone Venom. Mm-hmm. those guys are
1: great they um, died i didn't know that till i looked the yeah. media, and i'm like what how did yeah, i, how I they... watch that episode because i would just balk. i would cry like a little baby yeah right i mean so um, i don't did to spoil anything for any listeners out there but
0: you know i think the statute of limitations on spoilers has <laughs> long since passed um right. I know that, uh, Dean Hagland uh, actually, um, I don't know if I can still say has, I, th- I think has, um, a podcast that he does with a friend of his.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, um, you know, he, he's quite smart and very well spoken and, um, you know, just knows a lot of the stuff in the industry. He does, he does comedy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I, I, I would listen to it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for a while. Um, I don't anymore just was one of those things where it's kind of like, I'm not all that clicked in with what you guys are talking about. So I'm going to take a break. I'm taking a break from a lot of podcasts Uh, during lockdown. I get, I get, you know, well, it's not like I'm I'm not listening to any, you know, I'll I'll do maybe six or eight episodes, uh, six or eight different shows Mm -hmm. um, a day, just because I listen to them at like double speed. Um, And then just for whatever reason, I need
2: music. Oh, yeah. I
0: need music to uh, to kind of get me through stuff, just kind of keep my energy up. I just can't listen to people talk, especially when I'm locked down at home and, you know, Amber's talking or the kids are talking or Kobe's talking. I don't I don't work in a very quiet environment anymore.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I used
0: to have podcasts to keep my mind occupied because I was in such a quiet space all the time and I'm not in a quiet space anymore. I'm like, I need I need to tune everybody out with music so I can focus on my work now. Right, right. Um, but I need to go back to a question you asked a while ago about props. Yes. Um, and I, I will be one hundred percent honest. I feel like I'm only going to come up with the most like generic answer. Like I'd love to have um a, a pack of cigarette smoking man's Morleys. Oh yeah, right. Those, you know, those like those the, fake our, our fake brands here. Yeah. Um, but I, I probably. I feel like there was an episode, and I don't remember. It was a mythology episode. I'll, 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 I know that much. Okay. Um, where they had, you know, just a small jar. I mean, think think like uh, double the size of a mayonnaise jar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had a little uh, baby alien gray.
1: Yeah, that was
2: it. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, it's an episode called EBE. Um, they there's basically Mulder, Mulder Mulder and Scully are driving across the country chasing this semi truck that had a crashed alien UFO in it that they recovered from like Iraq. Okay, that, that exact prop was actually. Um, I have a photo of it from the the, Sam, the Sacramento convention. Oh,
0: do you really? Nice, yeah, it was
1: like this little alien fetus that's like chilling out or something like that.
0: I, I, f- I feel like we actually shared some of those photos from that uh convention when we did our episode on the paranormal.
1: I think we might have, yeah.
0: Um But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to have that. That is a great choice. Give give me, give me my little alien gray that I can stick up on a shelf and I would, I would say freak the kids out with, but I I I can't actually, because, um, Echo alone has said, it was the funniest thing and I have to share it because it, it, it just made me laugh so hard while we were on our little vacation last month, Mm -hmm. she goes, you know how some people have like those little sparkly t-shirts that say like, I wish I was in Paris. She's like, I want one that says, I wish I was at Area 51. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I love you, my weird little child. This makes me so happy. You know, she likes, she really likes the weird. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll put this, I'll put this alien gramp on the shelf and you guys
1: can just marvel at it. Trivia time. Yes. All right. The name, the town Rachel, Nevada, guess where the name Rachel comes from?
0: Oh, shoot. You know what? I have read this before. Um, It is. What was it? It was like the name of somebody's kid who was born out there. Was like the first person to be born in
1: that county or something. Yeah, but the weird thing is, she died in the Mount St. Helens uh, volcano.
0: Oh no! Crap! Really?
1: Like three or four years old. Yeah, and like the family moved away and moved up there, and then she got blown up, which is crazy.
0: Wow. Okay, that part I didn't
1: know. Yeah,
0: totally. You know, and you've been through Rachel, which is.
1: I had stayed at night. It was foggy so, and, and cloudy, so I didn't get to see any any fun uh, light shows or anything like that. Um, there was one one really neat thing at the little alien cafe and motel I stayed at. They had this room, it's like a, almost like like a closet, and they like, do you want to watch something on TV? We don't have cable. We have VCRs, and I was like, well, do you have any tapes? And they opened this door, and there's this closet, and it's literally like hundreds and hundreds of every schlocky UFO documentary that that had ever been featured in. (laughs) I had to wake up the next morning to hightail it out of there to get to our uncle's funeral in Arizona. And I'm dying because I'm like, I want to watch every single one of these. And it's like, I've been trying to over the years to find as many as I can on YouTube and just kind of take it all in. Oh my gosh. You know what the one other, like, I think there's really two last things I got. to to talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, One is there's this one minor throwaway character that's basically in maybe two episodes. He was a a fake psychic called the stupendous yappy. And he was played by a guy that was like David Duchovny's stand-in, not even like, like stunt like actor, but just like the guy that they would have stand to do the lighting and the shadowing. Right. Um, Totally love that guy. If anybody listening out there is down with the stupendous yappy,
0: if, I tell you what, if if I ever get a dog, which is unlikely because I'm a cat person, I will name it the stupendous Yap.
1: Please, please do. That would make my day. <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you. One of the things I really wanted to to find tonight, but I wasn't able to do any sort of self hypnosis. I really wanted to try to remember, and I failed to completely. Try to remember what an average night of Baxfig was like. Like, was there, you know, before the show, would there be? Would there have been like um, people would have. Uh, Talked about was there a roundtable discussion? Were there were people read news or funny stories from like Weekly World News? And the only thing I could, the closest thing I could come to it was something I found again on the Internet Archive Wayback Machine, written by of all people you, my brother, copyrighted '96, yeah. which I think yep. is so hilarious. It says copyright. Lord I help me. And it's it's titled "What Not to Eat at Any Backspade Gathering," and and it states in part. Uh, number one, don't start the evening with two purple peeps covered in grape goo, grape goo, and aquarium juice. And I, first of all, I'm like, what the hell is aquarium? Is aquarium juice was was that like a thing from the '90s? Is that an in joke? I don't know.
0: I, you know, I I can't say I know for sure, but I know that you used to be able to get like a tube, like a toothpaste tube of bubble gum. Yeah. Uh huh. And I wonder if like. Like, maybe there were different flavors and different colors. Mm-hmm. And somebody was just like, oh, man, that looks like Aquarium Juice.
1: I and, know, like,
0: that name just kind of stuck.
1: It, it must have been in, like, a, like a yeah, like, a, not a real name, like a product name. But, like, there's this thing here. It's like, there's something that's, you mentioned snake Snakebite Bubblegum. And I'm like, what is snake bite Bubblegum? Snakebite. And, and then there's this thing that says, an entire alien head, parentheses, the candy ones, of course. And I'm like, were wow, there <laughs> alien heads in the 90s? I'm reading this thing, and it's like, what's... You know, I want to believe the truth must be out there, but I just can't wrap my head around it. I can't figure out, you know, what's going on here. So I don't know. I just, you know, one of these days I'll save up Oh,
0: look, snake, snake bite bubble gum. Did you?
1: Did, is it? Is it a real it, thing? It on
0: is. That's it it, it's 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 a Wrigley product. No I'm bringing, way. Yep, I'm looking at a picture of it here. Oh it. Okay. It it is basically it is basically a um, yeah. It is.
1: what's the what's the packaging look like
0: it's it's a toothpaste tube okay uh green and yellow in color because snakes but at the end of the tube is this little plastic attachment that is a a cartoonized stylized like safari guy okay but you use it to twist your way up the um up the tube to oh, make like sure a, everything gets forced out like a
1: key like you would turn it to like yeah wrap precisely it up. yeah yeah yeah
0: precisely yeah so um it looks like just that's a real looking thing around yeah it looks like they they also had it just in like a like a stick style unless this is box package no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry this yeah. is box packaging for the tubes <laughs> it is it is i'm just looking at this picture completely wrong because i'm i'm apparently brain dead um, but yes, it is basically like a bubble gum paste <laughs> with this dude on the end oh, that you it. would use to make sure all of it comes out.
1: My God, that's amazing! That is a, that is a real thing. I love. What was my, the other
0: thing I mentioned?
1: There was something called Aquarium Juice, and there's something called Alien Head, and then you say the candy ones. So, I mean, maybe there were little like candy Alien Heads. I guess I there know. probably were. I'm sure. I'm sure there are now. I mean, there, there might have been then.
0: Yeah, and then that's the thing. That's the thing. Searching today, it's going to look for stuff from today.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, you know, not stuff from the 90s. But there they're very well may have
1: been. Okay. I love how you end this thing. You write, Surgeon General's warning, torched peeps may be hazardous to your whole system. I don't care which part, damn it. I look like George C. Scott, and I can say what I like, exclamation point. <laughs> I don't understand at all what any of that means, but it, it's just amazing. And it's just... I love, I love the idea that I can commune with the 1996 version of my brother via the internet. That's just magical somehow. Yeah,
0: that that is that is pretty wild. That's so good. Uh, for what it's worth, I'm not really seeing anything for aquarium juice in terms of candy. So, yeah, yeah, we must have given something that. somewhere. Yeah, probably. I'm gonna say something. It's the only aquarium juice I can think of is literally <laughs> drinking from an aquarium or using. Some of the silicone seal used to make sure the water is not pouring out everywhere. But one, one, one last thing that I have yeah, yeah. because it is in the notes, and it was, yeah. it was, it was something that that we were both a part of, and I remember feeling oh. very proud. Yeah, I
2: know to you're part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. then
0: was the smart young X Files PH like uh-huh. fans of that. That's something that they did. So the SYX, uh, we were apparently number one hundred two and one hundred three.
1: I was so excited when we found that I it must have been just like an email listserv or something
0: right? it was something like that it was um, one of the things that I feel was really big at this point in internet fandom
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, I mean you 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 mentioned you know estrogen brigades. Mm-hmm and stuff like that. Um, obviously BaxFeg itself, a group of people who met over the internet, but get together in person Mm -hmm. to hang out and enjoy, um, um, uh, you know, a show, a fandom of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody wanted to come up with a group. Everybody wanted to belong to a group.
2: Mm -hmm. Like
0: that was really big. People would just start these things randomly.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, you know, it, it's, I don't even know what to liken it quite to. It's, it's, it's like, it's like neighborhood kids being like, Hey, we're going to start our, our own gang, like a group, not like a street gang. <laughs> Although I suppose, yeah, you could do that, but I'm not advocating that. Um, and it's like, we're going to call ourselves this. And, you know, you've got to be in this age bracket or you've got to, you know, here, here's how you can fit in with our group.
2: Right. Basically.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, you know, early internet fandom was full of this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, it, and it was massive and it was just one of those things. It's like, oh, here's this, here's that, here's, here's the, the smart young X-Files. And, and which was great because one of the things that, again, looking back on it from today's perspective that I really admire is that there were a lot of women, there were a lot of girls who were in this, who looked at um the show who looked at scully and was like look like oh, right. this is empowering
2: oh totally
0: you know totally. Uh, and and looking at that list that that you linked to in, in in the show notes you know there are almost predominantly female names in it which i think is 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 awesome
1: it's interesting because i mean as a character scully i mean first of all she's super smart Mm-hmm. but she's not like, I mean, she's not tall and large chested for lack of a word of phrase. True. Like she's oh, like yeah. a normal looking person. And it's just, that's so groundbreaking. I think in so many ways, you know? Um, yeah. And if I'm
0: not mistaken, she's actually short enough that she actually, in some scenes with David Duchovny had to stand on like little platform boxes <laughs> to make her seem well, taller.
1: Well, so you can
0: frame the shots, you know? And it was just one of those things. Um, but yeah that that was that was that was just part of the thing that was that was internet fandom was just just that desire to belong mm-hmm. to something to be like because if I'm not mistaken good lord in that little um, that forum posting that I did about you know let's try to save the show from being moved to mm-hmm. Sundays like that little like everybody on news groups and forums and stuff. Everybody had like little signatures down Mm -hmm. at the bottom. And it would just like they would put every kind of identifier, every little thing that they They were interested in.
2: You know, know, here's a
0: here's an email address. You know, people would just share so much about themselves in these little email signatures or this little forum post signatures that looking back on it, I'm like my God, did did I really feel like I had to fly that many flags at once?
1: It's interesting because <laughs> looking at all these old nineties websites or whatnot, web content, mm-hmm. there's I'm I, I, I have to fight against this reaction that I have because I can't fool myself into thinking that the web or the internet in the mid 90s was any less problematic or I mean, any 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 institution that has humans a species as destructive as our own species, there's going to be toxicity, there's going to be dangers, Mm -hmm. but at this, I just can't help but shake the feeling that the internet back then was a little, a little more innocent, a little kinder than what we have today. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's just the simplicity of the web design or what, but there's just something very refreshing about that, you know, that I, that I don't feel with the internet today, I guess. I don't know yeah
0: i mean I, I i think in a lot of ways it was i'm sure there there was levels of toxicity i'm sure there 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 was um you know unpleasantness yeah going on however you want to frame that yeah. uh, i don't think it was nearly as prevalent as it is today it's right. it's so much more easily amplified
1: right right yeah, today
0: right. um but yeah i totally get what you mean by that
1: totally <sighs> i know it just you know like just the little things, like you'd look at the bottom of a web page and would it have some sort of thing that looked like a odometer that would show how many times the page had been visited yes. or something like that. Kind oh of, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you that.
0: visitor number four thousand and ninety six yeah. to I, this site.
1: I just miss that. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there, 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 there was a simplicity in, in being able to do stuff like that. That it it just seemed something amazing. Oh my god, we got two hundred hits on our website this <laughs> this 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 month.
1: You know, I can't, I can't remember the last time we did an episode where I've smiled as often as, Aww. it's just, it's just really great.
0: Well, that's good. We need, we, we need more smiles right now.
1: Right. Totally. Totally.
0: Oh God. man. Any, do we, do we have anything else left, Seb?
1: I just, you know, you know, Chris Carter, David DeCoveny, Jillian Anderson, everybody else, like, thank you for, I mean, I know you're not, I mean, you could potentially be listening to this. I'm almost certainly you're not. But, you know, on some level, thank you for creating and giving us a gift of something that was, um, it was so esoteric and out there, but at the same time, so mainstream. And it just, on some levels, it made being the weird guy that liked looking at the Weekly World News a little bit more acceptable, <laughs> maybe. I mean, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you believe? I want to believe. Do you believe I believe it's more fun to believe. You believe, It is more fun to believe. This is true. Um, and, and,
0: and, and truthfully, I do, I do. You do, I yeah, do.
1: You do. Wait, what do you believe? Um,
0: I believe that our world is far weirder than it seems on any given day.
1: Uh, truth is stranger than fiction.
0: Um, yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I think what to quote, or I should rather say to paraphrase John E. L. Tenney, who is an absolute genius of a man.
2: Mm.
0: Um, what you think is weird
2: mm.
0: is weirder than you think it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, yeah. I mean, I, I could go on about how, you know, just some of what I've opened myself up to in terms of the interconnectedness of, I will just broadly say the paranormal mm-hmm. from UFOs to cryptids to ghosts and everything in between mm-hmm. in the past couple of years. Mm hmm. Um, I have completely new ways of looking at it, mm-hmm. um, and I feel I'm so much further from really understanding it.
1: Mm. <laughs> synchronicities,
0: synchronicities, uh, the power of intent, um, the the connection between our own consciousness mm. and. Other realms, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's
1: there's a there's a famous French UFO um, scholar or whatever. Jacques Vallee. Yeah, Jacques Vallee, and he he said at one point something like, you know, if if we ever find the truth about UFOs, and it just happens to be simply aliens in spaceships that the government are hiding is hiding he he said something like he would be really disappointed that that was all that there is that there wasn't something more mystical to the experience do you know what i mean yeah which is really deep when you think about it i
0: totally get it i've read some ballet it's 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 very very good author passport to magonia is an excellent book
2: yeah yeah
0: um
2: (sighs) yeah
0: yeah yeah. this could go off into a whole Another like three hour <laughs> yeah. discussion no, sure. i know. no, no, do no.
1: Know i have
0: i have the voice or the the consciousness to right. power through it so we will we will wrap our our talk of the x files and and maybe uh save a deeper dive into a paranormal for some other podcast someday
1: there you go
0: um but uh seb next month we're gonna take a, a sort of vacation summer break uh, yeah, late, late summer break, we'll call it. Um, at least in, in my household, we are just a little over two weeks away from starting the school year. Oh, and wow. I think we're, it's going to be a chaotic month. So Gosh. what we're going to do for September's episode <clears throat> is I am going to go in and um, uh, edit up an interview I did with the director of my favorite surf film, Ozone. Mm. Uh, that I did over a year ago now okay. uh, and I had had big grand project ideas uh uh for doing just uh, um a massive retrospective mm. um and it just it became more of a chore than a joy uh mm. to do uh trying to get other people lined up to talk to and so it kind of just fell by the wayside um but I still have this audio um of, of interviewing Tony Roberts. And so what I'm going to do, it's not the best audio. I mean, he, I was, uh, talking all the way to, uh, I think it was Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Yeah. He lives down there. Um, so obviously, you know, the connection is not great over Skype at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so the audio is going to be a little rough, but the interview is great. A lot of what he talks about, um, from behind the scenes of the making of that film is amazing stories that i just delighted to hear it just enriched uh my viewing of that film so much um so i'm gonna finally edit that up because we are basically at the 30th anniversary of the release of that film it was in 1990 that it came out um so what better point to just make the effort to just get this out so you guys can hear that uh, at the beginning of september
1: I can't tell you how excited I am. I've been looking forward to hearing this for a long time. I'm really, I'm really jazzed.
0: Well, good, 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 good. Yeah. So I, that's, that's a project I'm going to take on uh, in the next uh, 30 odd days is just to kind of sit down and, you know, put some context to it and uh, wrap it in an intro and an outro and call it an episode. So uh, we will uh, chill with that. We will get through our August, get through my birthday month, um, and then uh, come back with a brand new topic in time for October. Awesome. All right. Well, in the meantime, you can like us on Facebook and follow us at, on Twitter at MemoryServesPod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BlueBoxUFO, and you can follow Seb
1: at Clan McMuffin ah
0: now i want to mcmuffin every
1: single time so if
0: you realize you do that please subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify heck wherever you consume podcasts just search for if memory serves please if you can rate and review us as well we always appreciate that uh also if you want to subscribe to us on soundcloud that's soundcloud.com slash the n-o-t-l-g you'll get all the shows on the network when we post stuff it goes there first so that might be a good way to get it before anyone else does um if you've got the time and you've got the money honestly help out independent artists and people who are more in need during the pandemic i've got a feeling it is going to be easily six months or more before we start getting back to any sense of normalcy around here so uh if you can help those people out because they need it. Um, if for some reason you're like, you know, I've done that. I want to do something else. Well, you can head over to notlg.spreadshirt.com. Get yourself one of our rad if memory served shirts, or if you want to support us over at patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Man, that does it for August. Dog days of summer. Getting back to the school year. We hope you are well. We hope you are safe. Wear your damn masks. Please wash your hands and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Be safe, everybody. Good night. <laughs> I know, that's the funniest thing about it. The
0: that internet in the 90s was such a small place,
2: it's so precious. Ugh. Oh.